0: Hallelujah he's a way maker amen hallelujah a miracle worker glory to your name oh god mm-hmm. Promise keep lighting the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Anybody know him to be a miracle worker this morning? A way maker, miracle worker. Promise keep lighting the darkness. My God, that is who you are. I worship you. I worship you. You are here in every heart. I worship you. I worship Cut <laughs> you Wave our friend this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah! Hallelujah!
1: Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God! Hallelujah! Sorry. Yes. Glory to God. He, with the right hand of my righteousness, He will strengthen, He will help, and He will uphold. You know, we need to look for more than just a visitation of God. We need to be looking for the habitation of God. The important thing to know is that there's a way to get there. The Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. So this morning, before we pray for your needs, and we're going to ask you to come up in just a moment, and we're going to pray for your needs, whatever they may be. But before we do that, let's set the stage let's invite him in for just a moment. If you'll just go with me and lift your voices for just a moment in praise. Let's just praise him for just a minute. Because he inhabits the praises of his people. We thank you for who you really are. We can never thank you and praise you enough for who you really are. For you are a mighty God and worthy to be praised. For you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You are the first and last. You are the king of all kings. are in the day spring. And out of you flows rivers of living water. You're our advocate. You're the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by you. You're our Savior. You're our Savior. You're our baptizer. We praise you this morning. There is none like you. And we need you every day. And we thank you for meeting with us now. And for touching your people and blessing your people. Now, as they come down for prayer, as they come down to be touched, as they come down to stand in for someone else, we thank you that you're here with us. We praise you for it. And we bless your name in Jesus' name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. If you'll come down now, come down now and let us pray for you.
0: To see things like you do, God, I look to you, you're where my help comes from, give me wisdom, to know things like you do. things like you do God I look to you you're where my help comes from give me wisdom to know just what to do and I will love you Lord my strength and I will love you Lord my shield and I will love you Lord my rock forever all my days I will love you God to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom to know just what to do. And I will love you, Lord, my strength. <laughs> yeah. That's That's all okay. The, the, the okay.
2: All right. sorry about that i didn't mean to rush you around but i was enjoying that more than everybody else was. well we shift into a different type of worship okay and this is a type of worship that keeps the worship going all right you got to put gas in the tank right or the car won't run right the suv will be, beautiful sit in the driveway won't go anywhere right So I have a scripture, I went looking for scriptures. You know, there's good ones about, you know, don't lay up your treasure on earth where rust corrupts and thieves break through and banks fail. I think that's in there somewhere, right? So I said, you know, people get anxious when the economy and when banks begin to wobble. You watch the news for what, two minutes? What do you see? One bank under, one bank wobbling. Big banks, little banks, medium-sized banks. Yeah. So it reminded me. Go ahead, let me have my scripture, uh, please, Kim. That people get anxious about this thing. And it says very clearly, we all know this one. Okay, I had a book of Philippians. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known for God. I've used this in prayer time, too. Okay, let's see there's one more in there. There we go. And the peace of God... Which surpasses all understanding. People say, How can you be so calm right now? Eh, I'm not. But the Lord has let me be calm because my faith is not here. Alright? I've lost jobs. Yeah. Alright? I've had mortgage payments due and the numbers don't add up in the account. That that brings old anxiety. But the faith had to be there. And the Lord has never ever failed never ever failed and he will guard your hearts and minds through jesus christ so don't let the devil lie to you don't let the devil deceive you saying oh uh, things are bad economy the inflation's high banks are failing you better watch what you give away he'll never say don't go to outback and order like the giant blooming onion in the you'll never say that right? i drive by outback i always think it's funny packed out inflation high gas is three bucks a gallon five bucks a gallon if you drive you know the wrong kind of machine right but the parking lot at Outback is full on the way home because i see it hmm the devil will never tell you don't go to outback and order but he will say you better you better shape you better not write you better not put ooh, you're, you're gonna trouble so don't be anxious for that say okay fine you don't you want me to deduct 10 percent? i want to add 20. boy that, that's the end of the conversation right there He'll, mm, wow okay having the opposite effect he moves on to the next person so come keep the doors open the lights on the streaming streaming come
3: Day. amen, for blessing us, and always being available, and always being workable, and uh, I love you, sister, I appreciate you so much, amen, hallelujah, amen, um, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 1, we're going to pick up there, we're not going to stay there long, I'm mostly going to quote that, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, hallelujah, Say this with me as we uh, open up the Word of God. Say, I believe. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, I believe. God loves me more than I know, more than I deserve, more than I'll ever understand, more than he loves my in-laws. No, okay, we know that's not true. But say, he loves me more, and I'm going to walk in it, and I'm going to share it. Amen? Now say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, help my mind today. Help my heart today, receive from your word. Let my eyes see, my ears hear, and my heart receive. An indestructible, incorruptible, seed from the word of God, and let me never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, in Acts chapter one, this is, um, we used this last couple of weeks, Acts chapter one, verse eight. And uh, I'm just gonna use that. And then we're gonna turn to Romans chapter one. If you wanna go ahead and find that. Romans chapter one, and then a couple things to do. To I want to say, um, I don't think I brought my phone up here. Did I not? I did not, and I can't get it now. I, uh, I'm, I gotta get my phone. Hey Tony, can you bring my phone for somebody? Uh, I just, if I, if I don't, thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, brother. Let me do my voice for you, and uh, hallelujah. I, I wanted to thank, um, make sure I get my list out. Uh, we had a work day yesterday, and uh, I think this is everybody, and I, I was so blessed. We had uh, Chris Moore, I'm sorry, Chris Hamby, Scott Moore, Darren Carter, Greg Welburn, Rusty Russell, Tony and Nancy, uh, Barbara Lipsy, um, Henry Young, Michael Lipsy, um, Harold uh, Taylor and then Jim Weaver. Uh, that doesn't count me, uh, Lisa and Sarah Beth, but I, I, I thanks everybody who showed up and uh, worked hard and uh, Kimberly Aron, bless her heart. Young girl, you, 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 know, you know you're blessed when uh, somebody that age comes and mops floors instead of sleeping late or doing anything else. And so uh, we got a lot done. Um, I don't know if you can see it outside cause it's raining, um, but uh, my wife actually saw that door on the air conditioning thing. And Felice was like, ooh. And so I, I, I really gonna prophesy that Harold's gonna be doing much more woodwork for the church. Can I have an amen? Uh, I, can, I can see that's probably gonna happen, but you, you, got, you got skills, brother. And you did a beautiful job. In fact, the other door was actually just planked. I mean, he's got trim. I've never had a, a door on a fence with trim. He put trim on it. I mean, the way he cut it and stuff, it looks great. It looks great. I mean, I'd have just thrown wood up there. Can I have an amen? You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't even thought of that. So I, I thank y'all, I bless y'all, and it, it means so much. And um, amen. Acts chapter one, verse eight. This is a um, familiar passage. We've been reading it the last couple of weeks, but I want to use it again as a kickoff. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be, my, be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Everybody say two words with me there. Everybody say power, Power. say witnesses. Witnesses. Now that word power is exactly the same word we're about to read in a moment. Um, Who in here knows when you have power, you should want to use it to help someone else. Um, I I, I remember watching a David Letterman uh, show years ago. There was a kid on there about 10 years old. He had already graduated high school. I think he was in his second or third year of college. Um, you know, to get his, I mean, I mean he was not, it, he hadn't gone to a college for three years. He had already, like within a year, gone through three years of college. He was about to graduate and then get his PhD in something. And I mean, it was impressive. This kid's like 10, 11 years old. And he was real, he was real quirky. You know what I'm saying? Any kid like that's going to be a little quirky. And uh, the interviewer, Letterman, he asked him, he said, what, what do you want to be? He said, well, first of all, I want to be a biochemist and discover cures for diseases." And he said it very you know, profoundly. And he goes, and secondly, I want to get a political degree. And Letterman goes, so you can be the president of the United States. He goes, yes, I do. And I mean, he was just very adamant. And I never will forget this. Letterman leaned over the, the desk and he said, son, make me a promise. And he said, what? He goes, that you will use your powers only for good. And made the little joke kind of like he's a marvel hero but who in here knows that if you do have power you should want to use it for good whether that is judicial power or legislative power or executive power or even atomic power whatever power you have you should always use it to do good and where we get we were talking about earlier today just on a a side note when you have people in leadership who do who have a wrong heart and a wrong motive that's when you get problems it's great when you have a benevolent king or a good dictator, but who in here knows when you get the next guy, we don't know if he's good or bad, yeah, things can change. And so you got to have people who with the right power. So we've been ministering the last couple of weeks about the power uh, and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our life, being filled with, full of, speaking with other tongues and, and letting the power of God manifest. But it says when you will be witnesses. everybody say witnesses now who in here knows everybody should be a witness everybody should be a loving witness everybody say with me everybody should be a witness and everybody should be a greeter everybody should be a be be a, be a, a lover of humanity Every, everybody should be that and sadly who in here's ever met Christians who did not make you want to be a Christian hold your hand up i did not want to be like a bunch of Christians i grew up with they were uh, sour pusses they were uh, ugly can i have an amen i mean um the women didn't wear makeup the men didn't use deodorant i didn't want to be around any one of those groups can i have an amen especially in the summertime have you ever met those people who didn't believe in deodorant anybody you know that 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 was ungodly thank god for baths and deodorant amen and so you know but we're supposed to be witnesses and we should be that and we should we thank god we've been given the power to do that who in here knows many times it is a overcoming the flesh to do it because it takes us out of our comfort zone. Sometimes we are persecuted. Who's ever been mocked for the gospel? Who's ever been made fun of? Who's ever been, been called a holy roller or you know whatever? I've been called a holy roller. I, I took it as a good compliment, thank God. I'd whole lot rather, rather be a holy roller than a dead person. Can I have an amen in a church? At least I got some life to me. I'm a, we might be nuts, and you can't know what we're going to do. But thank God we got something happening, and we got the kids awake, and I got all the adults moving a little bit because ain't none of us bought a gym membership in 30 years. Can I have an amen? We got something going, but we should not be ashamed. Romans chapter one is a passage. If you will turn there, it's just the next book after Acts. Romans chapter one dictates. Uh, this is Paul speaking to the Christians at Rome it's a great chapter great book uh if you can uh you ought to read the whole book this week you can read it quick that was funny was i was studying for this and i went to chapter two enjoyed chapter two. well chapter one chapter one to me is profound but i got through chapter one a lot of people love chapter one right now and some people don't like chapter one more people right now in the world hate chapter one because it dictates a lot of the sins and people the things that are going on in our world But chapter 2 just sucked me in, then chapter 3 sucked me in. Romans chapter 1, we're going to pick up in verse 11. For I long to see you. Now, again, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established. Now, that word there, impart, now, I got a Spirit-filled life Bible, I'll put this in my notes, too. It's got this uh, definition. It is the uh, Greek word met ad ad obimi. It means to give, to distribute, to grant. It implies a liberal generosity. It implies having something so that you can, because of desire in your heart, giving it to someone else and paul said for i long now that word long actually means a great anticipated a a passionate anticipation to do something so this is not something like you know do you want to go eat with your mother-in-law yeah you know it's not that at all amen this is he can't wait to see who in here sometimes when you got grandkids you understand it better than when you got kids you can't wait to see the grandkid that's paul he cannot wait to see these romans and the reason he wants to see these romans is he knows now think of this this is bold that he has something in him that if he gets around them it can impart something to them now the other side of that is that has to always work both ways You also have to make a draw off that, that's in that, so that you get something out of it. If not, you'll miss it. Who's ever been around somebody that you discounted and they later turned out to be profound? And you regretted that you dissed them when you should have supported them? I grew up right outside of Charlotte. Who remembers Randy Travis, country singer? Well, he was from the other side of Charlotte. Randy, uh, I remember hearing people who knew him and where he came from and they, I knew people who knew him when he was a kid They said his family never supported anything. He did never Here he is playing his little bit guitar singing. Nobody by no support. Well, guess what he did when he made it He didn't remember them either Don't you know they wish they had had something to impart they didn't look at it that way But when it comes to spiritual things two things here The Holy Spirit gives us something to impart. You ought to be just as adamant as Paul is that you have a gift in you that you can impart to somebody because you do. The Bible says every one of us are members in particular. Every one of us has a part. Not everybody has the same part. Thank God everybody doesn't have the same part. If everybody was me, we'd be killing people. Can I have an amen? Sometimes I I, honest to God think I have mercy. I really do have mercy in here. And I looked at Lisa, Pastor Lisa, this is 25 years ago. I said, I'm full of mercy. She says, you're full of something, but it ain't mercy. I said, I am full of mercy. I said, I said, she she goes, you are not full of mercy. I said, I am. I said, I'm saying what I'm saying because I'm trying to help them. I said, I'm not trying to hurt them. She says, well, it don't come out sounding merciful. I said, but that's what they need. But who in here knows? And sometimes they need that. But other times you need somebody who's gonna cry with you and laugh with you and encourage you and let you just talk. But who in here knows that at the same time, the Holy Spirit can give us the power to minister in whatever way we have. And Jesus even said, "You know, we have to weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn. We can all do that. You have something to impart. That's a whole different dynamic when all of a sudden you look at it. I I actually mean it sometimes. I I feel this way. I used to hear preachers say this, and I thought, well, man, that's kind of arrogant. I had a pastor say one time, we were talking about a situation. He goes, I wish I could spend time with that guy. He goes, I could help him. And I remember being a young preacher thinking, well, man, aren't you arrogant? To think that just by being with them, you could help them. Well, guess what, I've been around people. If I could have stayed around them long enough, I could have helped them. And that's what Paul is saying. I have that I may impart some spiritual gift. Now, that word gift there is where we get the word charisma from. It actually is the Greek word for, for charis, and then it goes to charisma. So it means actually like a supernatural impartation. It originally in ancient times meant like when the gods have shined upon you and graced you with the gift. That's good. And that's actually that same meaning because it means when God has shined upon us and graced us with the gift. You have a gift, everybody has a gift. So one of the things that Satan wants to undo right now, especially in younger lives, is undermine them and tell them that who God has made them is not right. If you were somebody else, you'd be happier. Social media has done it terrible. If you had this type of skin and this type of body, you'll be happy. But yet God has said everyone in particular in the church and the Bible says, in the, the psalmist said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Can I have an amen? amen? Everybody in here is beautiful. Everybody in here is fearfully, wonderfully made. And what did the psalmist say still looking at himself in the mirror? Marvelous are thy works. Amen. So when you go home, since y'all look good right now, it's kinda hard to do when you first wake up in the morning and you kinda got all that grunge there, you to look at yourself and say, God, marvelous are thy works. That's not arrogant because he said it. In fact, it's humble to acknowledge it and receive it, that that's the way he made you. I guarantee you, if we had more young people understanding that, we would not have problems in the transsexual issues today because they would realize that they have been fearfully and wonderfully made. There's no reason to change it. Can I have an amen? But we have something to impart. You have something to impart. Everybody say that. I have something to impart. Everybody has that. So Paul says, I long that I may impart some spiritual gift so that you may be established. Now look at that too. If you don't have a spiritual impartation, you will not be established. It's one of the reasons why some people are not discipled. And you can't make some people. Who in here knows you can't make somebody be discipled? You can try, you can have the meeting. I heard a guy say one time, he says, man, I started going. He said, um, say it. he says, he goes, I was an alcoholic. He goes, I didn't know I was an alcoholic until I started going to the meetings. And I said, well, what did you do? He said, well, I quit going to the meetings <laughs> so I wouldn't be an alcoholic. I said, well, like, did you keep drinking? He goes, well, I drank more than ever then. He said, but, I, but at least I wasn't an alcoholic. Who in here knows that just cause you don't go to the meetings it might not change a lot of things. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. I don't agree with one part of it because they make you want, they want to identify for life as an alcoholic. I don't agree with that. I believe there's deliverance through Jesus Christ. But on the other side, thank God it gives people help. And I'm for anything that helps people. If it helps them, thank God for But you know what? You know what the discipline is? Going to the meetings. I like that about it. Go to the meetings. I wish more Christians had that attitude. I thank God for everybody here today because you came to the meeting. As a pastor, I stole this from Dr. Frederick Casey Price, a great man of God who I always respected, and he said people would come up to him and his church and say, well, like, can we meet for counseling? He said, no, I don't do individual counseling. His church ran like 12,000, this is a good policy. He says, I don't do individual counseling. He says, I do, however, hold group therapy once a week, and if you'll come to group therapy for 90 days, I'll then meet with you. Well, group therapy met Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Can I have an amen? Sunday morning, group therapy actually had a worship time, an offering time, a ministry time, a prayer time, and a dismissal time. took about two hours every Sunday. He said he found two things when he started that policy. He said the people who truly wanted help came to the services for 90 days. He said secondly, if they came to church for 90 days, they never needed the counseling because God's word fixed what was in them. He said, the second thing he learned is the people who just wanted to waste his time never came to the counseling center, to, to, the, to the services. He said, they didn't really want, they either wanted a handout, they wanted just to complain or whatever. He said, but they truly never wanted to change. They didn't want discipleship. Who in here knows it takes some discipline, but it says to be established. Who in here wants to be established? Now I'm gonna throw this out. I'm pointing at you because you're, you're probably my youngest one I'm looking at. When I was that age, I'd hear people talk about being in the ministry for years or being as a Christian for years. That's established, not in and out, and in and out. Now I grew up in Pentecostalism, so we had to get saved a lot, rededicated a lot, because we was all going to hell a lot because we were backsliding a lot. Can I have an amen? Who, whoever, anybody? And I'd watch these guys come in and get saved and run the aisles and shout and hoot and pray for people and signs and wonders. And then I'd ask later, where's him? Where, where's, what's his name? Well, you know, he's, he, he's serving the Lord right now. And he's out drinking, smoking, just carousing, doing everything crazy. I said, as a kid, I'm not living like that. I want to be established. I heard just the other day from a guy, he said he knew a guy growing up at his Baptist church. This is one of my neighbors. And he said, that guy had a Sunday school pen for every... He said, man, he said, he looked like somebody in Napoleon's army with his coats, super. he said, he had pins all over the place. He said, he said, changed them every week. Took the time to take them all off, put them back on. He said, brother, he said, that guy slept around, drank, smoked. He said, cheated on his family. He said, would uh, uh, gamble like crazy, losing money. He said, but I had his pins. Now who in here knows that's not established in the faith? You know know what my my opinion is? If you want my opinion. He never let the spiritual impartation touch him enough that it changed who he was. Because who in here knows going to church don't make you a Christian any more than sitting in the garage makes you a car, or sitting in the car makes you a car. You have to let that impress upon you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith of both of you and me. Verse 15. You can read 13 and 14 later. It basically just Paul is saying that he's a debtor to both Greeks and Jews, uh, or Greeks and barbarians, to wise and unwise and, There's really uh, no no you know that he's thinking that first 15 says so as much as is in me I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek and everybody say Amen so Paul said he is not ashamed now that word ashamed actually means uh uh, it just basically means shame but it but it, it implies having a reason for shame now who in here knows there ain't a reason at all to be ashamed of jesus he is the only one who's ever come back from the dead he is the only one who's the same yesterday then forever he is the only one who's the alpha and omega the beginning and the end can i have an amen he is the son of god and should not be i mean there's no reason to ever be ashamed of that and he's not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And what I is impressive is, that it is the gospel of Christ is, let's read it, stop again. The gospel of Christ for it. What is the it? What is the it that is the, God, the power of God to salvation? What is the it? It is the gospel. In fact, we can find in Acts where it says that um, he went and in Samaria preached, Philip went and preached the gospel. He preached the good news. What is the gospel? That Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus delivers, Jesus set free, Jesus baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus says you don't have to die on this earth in, 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 in sin. Jesus says that you can have an incorruptible body. Jesus says that you can have an eternal life. Can I have an amen? That is the gospel. And in fact, if you only preach part of it, that's not the gospel. A lot of times people just preach part of it. He's a savior or he's a deliverer but who in here knows that he's still a baptizer in the Holy Spirit, he's still a soon coming king. You have to preach the whole gospel. And that is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Now that word power, and this is where I'm getting out to mostly, is the same power that we read from Acts 1-8, Greek-wise. It is the word dunamis, or dunamis. And it means, you know, most people still like use the, the dy- you know, dynamo, or that's where we also get the word uh, dynamite, which I like. But I've got this definition, I thought, that I thought was uh, impressive to me. Maybe not to you, but blesses me. It implies, and this is from a more ancient Greek perspective, the size of a great army ready to go to battle. There's always that resident in you. That power is in you, not only by the Holy Spirit, but here, it is the power of God. The gospel brings that power to you in every situation. Again, let's read it. It is the strength of a whole army waiting to be released. I've been, um, I love history. And uh, I've been reading uh, these. So, so when, I don't, when I take times off from reading, I sometimes read what I call fun stuff to get my speed back up, does that make sense? So sometimes it all might be a novel, but, but right here I'm reading this history book and um, it's about all these different battles and it's great. I mean, I'm in my head, I'm, I'm on the ramparts defending the castle, can I have an amen? You know what I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Um, what's amazing though is, uh, and this is, these battles were fought a couple hundred years ago almost. Um, so they didn't have, you know, good intelligence. Uh, everything was horse and buggy, uh, muskets and, you know, all for a single action John Wayne Western revolver in that day where you could reload. No, they're, you know that. I'm shocked at the stuff they would do knowing there were overwhelming odds against them. Sometimes four to one, sometimes eight to one for every time we're gonna attack, there's eight people defending. And here's the thing that was funny about it. The defense of armies on several of these things, and this is from North American uh, abroad too, uh, and I just love this stuff. To me, to me, I can just see the, I can see Christianity so portrayed in so many people's lives when I read this. You've got a guy who's, who's, who's attacking, who sometimes is at odds four to eight times down. If you've got 10,000, they got 80, minimum 60. And yet the 10,000 many times are beating the other. And then on the other side, you've got this other army that has 80. I think where I was at the other day, uh, just a couple days ago, they had 105,000 men to 45,000 men. That's two to one odds. A little better than two to one hundred and five thousand men and they wouldn't attack had more than enough men to wipe the enemy off the face of the earth and destroy it and end that war and wouldn't attack why they did not have any confidence in the power the authority over them to do it the generals didn't have authority from the The executives the executives didn't give authority to the generals the generals didn't sometimes give it to their subordinates and after a while the men didn't have any hope again sometimes in certain battles as much as four or eight to one and yet they still wouldn't act they had no confidence in belief of the power of the army that they had Now I know history enough to know where I'm at in this story and where I'm going to go. They eventually get a commander and that commander had conviction that he could win and he won. He actually won within a year after fighting the the nations of that battle for three or four years. Power, conviction. I wanna challenge you today. Jesus is Lord over your life. I've always said He's he's Lord over my life, over my wife, over my kids. Can I have an amen? He is Lord. He is my healer. He is my deliverer. He is my baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I have a great expectation that when I'm around other people, I have something to impart because there is power in me. There is power in you. You never need, why? It is the, God, it is the power of God of salvation, the gospel. If we will not be ashamed of the gospel, if we will let it flow out of us, it is power. And yet I hear people all the time say stuff, and I mean, I've had people, it's funny to me, I just wish God would move, I just wish there'd be a move of God, I just want this. Let the power of God out of you. Start praying for people, start witnessing to people, share the gospel with somebody, find somebody. I think it was Dwight L. Moody one time. For a while, I actually went one person to the Lord every day. But he would pray every morning, God, send me somebody. And one night, he almost missed it. And he went to some park bench, dejected and defeated. So I guess I ain't gonna make it today. And some guy sits down to him like quarter to midnight and he immediately hit him up with the gospel. Now, I, t- I was in a, we, we, me and Lisa were in a Chick-fil-A eating Jesus' chicken the other day. And we're about to uh, ring up for something. And the woman made some comment. And I said, "Uh, I like that. I said, no, I don't like that. I said, I'm not going to lie about that. And Lisa looked at me. I said, I'm not lying about that. I said, honey, I ain't going to hell over that. I I said, I ain't going to hell for that. I said, in fact, I said, I'm I'm going to heaven. I started just talking I said, I'm going to heaven. I said, I believe in Jesus. Jesus is Lord. <laughs> I just, she started, she goes, she she actually started laughing because the way I said it to her. And she goes, that's right. That's right. I, in fact, but then I said it loud enough that so I can hear everybody else watch. I, you know, because there's other people. I want them to hear it. Don't be ashamed. I said, I'm not going. I said, in fact, she said, What name should we give your order? I said, Call me the saint. <laughs> Lisa looked at me and she goes, that's a step of faith right there, said, brother. I said, easy, sister, easy. And the woman started laughing. I said, you know what, why not say that? Why not say that? If we have conviction of power. Now, again, you know, I know why we get all messed up sometimes. And this, let me throw this. If you ever fight something for a while, the conviction of power leaves you. Because it gets tired of fighting a fight. That's the part about reading some of these battles that always amaze me. There was one battle, this one, the, they left the battle, this one was army. And they were so dejected. And then this other guy came up who was their leader who had never won anything, but they liked him. The moment he rides up, they all start clapping. And he leads them to a defeat about six weeks later. Don't you think we ought to be happy for the guy who knows how to win? Can I have an amen? But at least, thank God, they got fighting again. At least they had some inspiration. I want to tell you, you got to have the power. And you got to believe you got it. I was preaching in New Jersey one time. There was a guy, and he was the, his name was Frank. He was about this, he was a really short guy, stocky, real built. He had gone to Purdue University, just a great guy, all Italian. He had that kind of face and beard. It's like, and he'd grow a beard within four minutes or something. You could just tell I had that huge face and great guy. We got talking one time, and we got talking about size and stuff, and I told him, I said, when I was a kid, I said, I was real short and and real fat. Then in high school, I grew out of it. And I said, but in here, I was always a fat kid. We got talking about self-image and how we overcame it, and if we ever overcame it, and we got just joking. All of a sudden, he looked at me, and he said, well, he goes, I know I'm short. He said, but I've had to fight all my life. He said, but I learned I can talk myself out of a fight a whole lot easier than I can get in. It's sometimes harder. He said, I can get into a fight a whole lot easier than talking my way out." He goes, but I realize if I talk right, I can get out of a fight. So we got talking about talking tough. And I know I've told this, Luke looked at me one day and he got down ready to go. I said, you want to wrestle? Come on, come on. I said, we'll wrestle if you want to. I said, I'm ready. I said, I am ready to go. I said, I'm going to tell you something, Luke. I said, there's going to be a day when I'm an old, gray, feeble man and you will be able to do whatever you want to with me. And I said, I pray and hope that you're a good son and treat me right. I said, but I'm going to tell you something right now. This is not that day. I said, so if you want to. And I did like that and jerked jerk. He ran out of the room and ran up the stairs. He was 16 years old. I sometimes wonder if he could have took me. I'm going to say no because I'd have fought dirty. Can I have an amen? I'm not going to fight. It's a fight. There ain't no rules in it. You shouldn't do that. Yes, you should. You should win. Can I have an amen? I'm going to hit you with a bat if I have to. Amen. One time when I was little, my grandmother made me mad. I was riding in the car. I had a wooden crayon box. I chunked that thing in the, from the back seat and hit her in the back of the head. Can I have an amen? I found out later that was not the wisest thing I should have done. I beat something from my mother's beating that I took and I well deserved it, should have got it, and everybody say amen. But you don't fight fair, not with the devil at least. So you gotta have that power. You gotta have that belief. Now I'm gonna say this again, when you go through hard times, and I know some people in here have gone through some things for years, you gotta keep it up. Smith Wigglesworth, who I love to read about. Does anybody know who I'm talking about, Smith Wigglesworth? Great man of God, lived in the late 1800s, 1900s, died in the 40s, late, early 40s. Um, They asked Smith Wigglesworth one time, they said, talking about being established and having something to impart, they asked him one time, they said, how often, how long do you pray? He goes, I never pray more than 30 minutes at a time. And said, wow. He said, but I never go more than 30 minutes without praying. So that meant he always stayed in a constant state of prayer. Well, I can't do that, brother. I'll have to work. An attitude of prayer is not determined by how long you sit at the altar. It's a condition of heart and posture of who you are to him. Can I have an amen? Kind of scared me there of <laughs> caught me off guard i'm good. I'm gonna keep going smith wigglesworth though I, I believe there was 24 25 people raised from the dead under his ministry there's a picture i joked with lisa the other day we were talking about something there's a picture of him laying hands on a woman bold faith he'd probably be arrested today for this he just put she had something wrong he just had to put his hand right there on her top of her chest i looked at her i said ain't no way on god's earth i'd do that unless jesus besides appeared to me nobody i don't care if you can see me or not, and just said you do that and i'd do it but in today's stuff bold faith didn't care just bold he dealt with kidney stones all his life but he didn't believe in going to the doctor now some people would sit and say and they said there's sometimes he would actually roll in the floor and cry and he would be passing blood From the pain of it. Get up the next night. Preach the gospel. See people get saved. Lay hands on people and see them get healed. I just don't understand that, brother. You know why? Because you don't fight. That's what you do when you fight. When you don't like it, when you don't feel like it, you still say it. You still stand up for it. You still proclaim that Jesus is Lord. Why? Because I'm not ashamed. There's nothing in it for me to be ashamed of jesus has never done anything for me that would bring me shame who in here has ever done anything for somebody else that could bring them shame you lied you cheated you stole who can i have an amen but jesus has never done that we have no right to, there's no reason again that word there's no reason paul, paul actually says in a, in a modern sense you could say he says there is not one reason for us to ever be ashamed of jesus for he is the power of god into salvation if we'll believe it. And that comes with conviction. I think that's one of the uh, the things that I've taken out of that that history thing I keep reading. And thank God I'm about halfway done because I'm getting tired of it. But um, I I know who wins. Can I have an amen? I mean, it's all the back stuff that's intriguing. But I think the thing that amazes me the most is how much men could do to their own peril and to the peril of others when they chose to believe it. And in fact, that's what actually sustained one side more than anything. They just believed. And what's really sad is they believed wrong things. But who in here knows we don't believe wrong things. We believe right things. We believe that Jesus is Lord. And that Jesus is our healer. And that Jesus is our need meter, And that Jesus is our baptized with Holy Spirit. And Jesus is our soon-coming King. Can I have an amen? amen? That's who Jesus is. And that's who we ought to proclaim him. proclaim him as to someone. And when somebody looks, you know, and some people love to make fun. There's a lot of persecution out there today. They don't agree with this and they don't agree with that. And I've often told the story, I had not told this in a long time, but I sat with a guy and he was very rude to me. And every time I said something, because he asked me, what do you do? And I finally said, I'm a preacher. And he, he was very rude. I don't believe in all that. I finally looked in one day i said brother i don't care what you believe and the moment i said that it's like i said i'm going to heaven and i said i don't care if you believe it or not i said just because you don't believe it doesn't make it wrong i said and you're gonna say just because i believe it don't make it right i said but when i die and go to heaven i'm gonna know i'm right i said when you die and go to hell you'll know you're wrong i said and if i fell where if i'm wrong what do i care i hadn't missed nothing I said, if you're wrong, you have missed everything. And the moment he realized I was not gonna be intimidated, he backed off. Why do you believe that? He was a Catholic guy too. And I looked at him and I said, aren't you a good Catholic? And he goes, well, yeah, I'm a good Catholic. I said, well, then of course you believe this too, then don't you? And I you know, quoted certain scriptures and he goes, well, I don't know if I believe that. I said, but I thought you said you was a good Catholic. I said, good Catholics believe the Bible, don't they? He finally shut up. Can I have an amen? In fact, he actually chased me through an airport with his business card saying, call me next time you're in town. I don't think so. Can I have an amen? I've just been berated by you for an hour and 45 minutes. Why would I want to be with you? Can I have an amen? Yeah, and I said, but, but I, I was thankful. Got to pray with him. Got to encourage him. Why? Because I got power. You've got power. Everybody say, power is in me the size of an army waiting to be unleashed. Can I have an amen? Amen. But that applies not only personally, but it applies to other people. So don't be afraid to let that power out on somebody. Encourage them. I saw saw this one time and I was, um, I used to not be an outgoing guy. I I mean, you may find that funny, but I, I really wasn't. I mean, I I I could if I felt very comfortable. But I'm with my brother-in-law one day. We walked into a golf shop. And he looked at the guy. He goes, hey man, we need a large bucket of balls right here. We need two buckets and something. He goes, and I thought, man, he must know them people. So we went somewhere else and he looked at the waitress. He said, Thank you, sister. Appreciate you so much. He he looked at, you know, Johnny, appreciate it so much. He saw her name. I thought, man, my gosh, does he know everybody in Richmond, Virginia? I mean, I, mean, I mean, is he a mover and shaker? Is he you know, the, the greatest young men of, of Richmond, Virginia? I finally realized that's who he was. I said to myself, if he can walk with power like that with people he don't know, I can walk with power in the gospel of things I do know. Amen. So I just at least started doing what he would do on those other situations. I just walk into the room now, I just act like I know everybody and take it over. And I've walked out and people go, well, why would you, do you know any of them people? No, I don't know anybody of them people. Well, they were real nice to you. I said, well, I acted like I knew them and I acted like I liked them. Why? I got power. The power of Christ to love them and to bless them. Me and Lisa ate dinner the other night and I looked at this girl and I said, wait, I got to talk. I've probably spent 30 minutes telling her how to do college so she wouldn't get messed up and cheated. Because a lot of kids are doing college, you know, they want to transfer. You can get cheated on transfers. You got to watch that. And so i said that and she looked at me and she goes thank you for taking time for me i said well honey all my kids are grown up i gotta have kids to raise i said i'll see you next tuesday night here at nine o'clock or something she, she just laughed or something but then i looked at her i said where do you go to church and She said, well i don't go to church well i didn't have a green card but i did have a business card i whipped it out i said "Well, honey i said i want you to come visit my church i said we'd love to have you can i have an amen look at somebody and say power say i got some power don't ever feel like you don't have some power. You've got power. It ain't the question of whether you got power. It's whether or not you're going to use it. Now we're about to enter summer, and people who are of cheapness now I'm not saying being foolish. Have you ever had met somebody who won't run the AC? Because we might use some power. I don't get them people. Can I have an amen? I'm hot now. I'm hot all the time. I really am. I mean, I'm a very hot-blooded guy. But I mean, I've met. I, I had, I, man, don't run that air conditioner, don't run that AC. We might, we might use some energy. I wonder why people won't come over here, because it's 180 degrees. Can I have an amen? We're dying. My grandmother would do that. Never had AC. Wasn't gonna pay for it. Grew up in the depression. We ain't gonna waste money on that air conditioner. We can just sweat. Well, that's a fun day for a kid can I have an amen that's even a worse day for a, for an adult all their makeups running down my mom's face and sweat hair ringlets in the back just wet South Georgia Hazlehurst Georgia hot Hazelhurst, Georgia is about eight feet above the pits of hell can I have an amen as far as temperatures that's about as, if you've ever been to Hazelhurst, Georgia Jim and Emily, we've been to Hazelhurst, Georgia Hazelhurst, Georgia is terrible have The ability to release that power can I have an amen father we thank you so much in Jesus name for your goodness thank you father right now that we are not ashamed say this with me I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto me for salvation for the just shall live by faith and I long to see other people so that I may impart a spiritual gift to them. And I will do my part to share that part so they can become a part of the body of Christ and be established in Jesus name. And everybody say amen with every head bowed right now, if you're online or if you're in here and you'd say, pastor Chris, I don't know. Jesus as the Lord of my life. I've never made him the Lord of my life. You may say, Pastor Chris, I've, made, I've been saved before. I've asked Jesus to come my life, but I'm not serving him like I should. If that's you in person or online, you can either raise your hand here or you can send us an email at info at gracesummitchurch.org and we want to pray with you. We just want to believe for God's grace to overflow, uh, overflow in your life and flood your life so that you can receive a spiritual impartation and be established walking daily with him in Jesus' name just as an act of faithless, I'll pray this with whoever would pray that on video or in person say heavenly father I proclaim that Jesus is my Lord and I give him my life father take my life I lay it before you I ask you let your son's blood wash my life and make me clean and you said it would that my sins though they be scarlet they are washed white as wool. I thank you, Father, that I am saved and that Jesus is my Lord, and I have power to be a witness and share the gospel in Jesus' name. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. I am anointed to win, empowered to prosper, impossible to curse in jesus name and everybody say amen, amen. Hey, give me a good amen a couple things uh i'm going to be at the info table as you leave passing out little stacks of cards um that's all we have left we got two weeks to easter i'd encourage you to take a stack with you and pass them out um, uh, become obnoxious with it uh, if you need to uh, if not it amazing what one level of obnoxiousness is to us it's usually not somebody else um I'm not seem to be obnoxious to somebody, but make, make sure you get stirred up to do it. Uh, put them in your neighbor's mailbox, um, put them under somebody's windshield wipers at the grocery store. Uh, if, you don't, if, you, if you are, I've met people who don't wanna do that because you know what if I get sued for messing up their car? Just, you don't even have to touch their car, really. You can just hit it and shimmy it right under the windshield wiper blade and then leave. You did not touch their car. The car touched their car. They can sue the card. Can I have an amen? Okay. And, um, you know, uh, somebody asked, do you need to get permission to do that? I just always get forgiveness. Can I have an amen? I never ask. And so uh, there's that. A couple things here. So there's Easter. So also, again, on the, if you go to gseaster.com on the top right, uh, we've had a number of people sign up. You can sign up to pray for Easter service. I want to encourage everybody to do that. Um, I meant to actually get you, to, I'll actually do this next Sunday. I want everybody, you like get your phone out during service, go to gse.com and take a time to pray. Every day is broken up into 45 minute segments and that's not what time, if that helps you to make that time, make that time yours. But just choose any segment and that means you're gonna pray that day. You'll actually get an email reminder and different things. So we appreciate you for, uh, for doing that. There is a, what's my next slide? Yeah, if you're a first, second, third time guest, you can use the QR code uh, to connect with our con- uh, connection page you can also use a uh, connection card that are in front of you if you're in person you can hand us that at the info table if you can, if you're in person you come to the info table uh, we have a gift we'd like to give you and thank you so much let me see what's next oh yes small group the book of revelation starts uh 4 sunday after easter this is the book it's uh, by dr jack hayford great book uh great author a great man of god he's in heaven now uh but if you would like to be a part of that i'd encourage you to be a part of it um you know how many we got we got about 12 13 uh, 14 people already signed up uh it'll be sunday mornings from 9:45 to 10:30. we have a great time in the um well, the studio room it's uh some some sundays it can get really tight today with the rain it was a little little more uh, open but i want to encourage you to come you'd like to be a part of that and then let's see what's next uh hospitality meeting april 2nd next sunday morning um, after service right at the end of service immediately in that thing. We're gonna send a thing out this week We're having a hospitality if you're an usher if you ever usher, if you ever greet if you've ever helped park cars I'd love to ask you to be a part of that um, If you've never done any of that and just want to be a, uh, a welcoming person, I'd encourage you to come to that uh, We're only gonna meet in about 20 minutes I'm gonna give a, a, a couple of heads up things of uh, things that we want to do on that Easter Sunday To make sure that we connect with people and we need your help. We need your uh, assistance and you might say, well, I can't get around good, I can't do this. Uh, we will position you in strategic places. Can I have an amen? And so oh, I just wanna make sure that we, people, who, 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 who li- we all to receive them. so we wanna make sure we can in that manner. Next uh, Saturday from 10.30 uh, to 11.45. Our last couple months have been just phenomenal. Uh, great attendance, great services. So uh, you do not wanna miss it. That is this coming Saturday, February 1st. And then everybody, Facebook online. Uh, what, what did I say? Uh, it was April in here. I'm sorry. April 1st, yeah. Um, uh, all nine by exclusive Bible study on Facebook. Go to Grace Summit Church online. That is every Sunday at 7.30. And then lastly, um, again, if you will, give me a moment. I'll pray and you'll dismiss. But I encourage everybody, every family to get a pack of these. Father, stand up with me if you will. We thank you, Father, that your face shines upon us. Your goodness is made known to us. Your grace overflows us and follows us and chases us and catches up with us and overtakes us and blesses us every day of our life. And thank you, Father, that we have power to preach the gospel, to live the life, and that we are more than conquerors. In Jesus' name, amen.